At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I bet you're smart. Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. We host a daily news podcast called Post Reports. Every weekday afternoon, Post Reports takes you inside an important and interesting story with the kind of reporting that you can only get from The Washington Post. You can listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Go find it now and hit follow. This is Rush Hour with Danny Burke on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Happy Monday, folks. Welcome in to another edition of Rush Hour presented by Bet Rivers. Danny Burke, your host, as always, broadcasting live out of the Bet Rivers Sportsbook here in Des Plaines, Illinois, just outside of Chicago. How are we feeling? It's a Monday after the Super Bowl. Are you a little bit hungover? Are you a little bit sad because the season's over? Or are you happy because you made out on the positive side? Hopefully that's your answer. But we're going to do a little bit of a recap with that with Adam Burke momentarily. He'll talk about how we did yesterday and also he's got some college hoops action so we'll do a deep dive with that with Mr. Burke in a few moments and later in the show how about 15 minutes from now we've got a sizable NBA slate to look forward to Nick Whalen senior editor over at Rotowire covering the NBA will be dishing out some of his plays on the hardwood tonight then further on I'm going to be previewing that Bulls game against the Spurs I really like a couple of props involving that game so we'll just do a deep dive revolving that spot for Chicago hosting San Antonio End of the show, I got a take on the Blackhawks game tonight. So we got a couple of Chicago plays, and I also, and I know I'm sure a lot of shows are doing it, and you're probably sick of it or don't care to look at it, but I think it's worth noting some of these early Super Bowl 57 odds, right? The day after it's tradition almost, you got to look way ahead to see what these very, very early odds are for next year's NFL championship. So that'll be toward the end of the show. But like I said, we are going to be kicking things off, bringing in VEASAN's betting analyst, Adam Burke, at Skating Tripods, where you can follow him on Twitter. The man does so much great work here at VEASAN, especially over the course of the past two weeks. So, Adam, thank you for all your contributions. It was awesome looking through all of it. And I know, like you were saying, you had a great spot at Circa Swim. And with that huge TV out there, man, it looked like a beautiful setup. So, overall, uh, how did yesterday treat you? Yeah, you know, it was actually a really nice send-off to my first football season out here in Vegas and, and also my first one with VEASAN uh, up there on the secret balcony floor uh, of Stadium Swim. Uh, you know, phenomenal. Once the sun went down, it was just ideal up there. Uh, but a great time, definitely. A lot of good people hanging around there down at the Circa. As far as the game for me, pretty much broke even on the prop side of things, but did have the Bengals plus four and a half. So up a little bit for the game. Nothing to really write home about or anything like that. But, uh, you know, it was certainly an interesting game. It looked early on like the Rams were just going to kind of blow out the Bengals and then Odell got hurt and the game kind of changed from that point forward. So maybe a little fortunate with Bengals plus four and a half, but you know what? I'll take it after some of the tough beats we've all experienced during the football season. 
Now, Adam, kind of like I was teasing a little bit looking at these early Super Bowl 57 odds, and I'm not telling you to give us a pick or anything, but I did want to bring up something that I was discussing with some people and talking about a little bit on the Chicago CityCast that I was recording earlier today. Now, every time someone loses a Super Bowl, it seems like, especially if it's a young quarterback, they go, oh, he'll be here plenty of times. He'll get way more opportunities. He'll be back, you know, all of that. But really, going back to the Super Bowl in the NFL is such a hard task to do. And I get it, you have a youthful group in Cincinnati, but they have such a tough division, and this team did feel like they were a squad that caught lightning in a bottle. And I'm not saying they can't do it again, but I feel like the Bengals maybe aren't a team that I'd be rushing to bet to win the Super Bowl next season like a lot of people tend to do with that losing squad. But what's really your assessment with this Bengals team going down the road? And if I guess, you know, you do have a play early on that you'd be eyeing out. Uh, what were your thoughts be on both of those? Yeah, I actually wrote a piece and posted it this morning over at vcin.com with some of the early futures that I like. So I'll get to that in a minute. Uh, but the Bengals, look, as you said, it's a very difficult division. I mean, you know, a healthy Baker Mayfield should make the Browns a lot more dangerous. Lamar Jackson should come back for a Baltimore team that had a ton of injuries, particularly in the secondary throughout this season, but especially early on that kind of dug them a little bit of a hole. Obviously, Pittsburgh, unless they solve something at the quarterback position, you don't really expect too much from them. But the Ravens and the Browns are two very formidable teams and the Bengals are a very solid team themselves. And, you know, they'll be able to kind of isolate some of the weaknesses that they have kind of, you know, specifically fix that offensive line to some degree here. So that AFC North looks really, really strong. But as far as taking a look at the futures market as of now, a couple of things. The first is I think the starting point is in the NFC. I think you absolutely have to look at the NFC. It does seem like Aaron Rodgers is coming back. But Tom Brady is gone. Everybody in the NFC North has significant or NFC South, excuse me, has significant quarterback questions. The West still looks really good. The East doesn't look all that strong. So to me, I think the NFC is is pretty wide open here. And look, I would say, you know, I go price hunting. You know, I don't really try to pick the yep. winner in these futures markets. I try to find a big price that I can get to the playoffs, hedge and guarantee some profit. So for me, I think a team like the Atlanta Falcons at 50 to 1 makes sense because by default, they have the best quarterback in the division now in Matt Ryan. The Buccaneers are going to have to figure out their quarterback position, the Saints as well, with a new head coach. And, of course, the Panthers have plenty of problems. So that's what I like to do, Danny. I like to look for some price plays and just try to think about teams that have a path to the postseason that I can look to take advantage of. And real quick, I want to mention the Los Angeles Chargers because they yep. have the second most available salary cap room in the NFL going into this offseason. We know they need to fix the defense, but they have the money and the resources to do it. And you make a great point looking at the NFC, but I am 110% with you on the Chargers. Zer is high as 20 to 1. I think that's going to be the first bet I make, if anything, because let's be honest, as you mentioned, you're looking for some good prices to hunt down early enough and what could probably shift down the Chargers with that talent, with what they could add on, and just the high value 20 to 1. You got to imagine they probably could cut that in half sooner rather than later. I'm right there with you in terms of the Chargers. But the NFC, as you alluded to, kind of wide open. We'll see what comes through, especially when we find find out about some of these quarterbacks and we got plenty of time to talk about it and uh, we'll look forward to getting more of your thoughts on that throughout the offseason but instead of looking forward to a year from now Adam let's talk about maybe a couple hours from now I know you got a few college hoops plays that you're diving into tonight let's begin with Creighton and Georgetown 8 p.m. Central time tip off we see the Blue Jays laying 10 in the hook total at about 142 juice slightly Sway to the under, about minus 112 at Bet Rivers. What did you like for this matchup tonight, Adam? 
Yeah, you know, one of the things that I really like to do in the month of February is look at rematches and, you know, just sort of see what happened in that first game, what can be maybe an indicator for the second game. And I don't have to look that far back because these two teams just played each other in their last game. Creighton won by 14 on the road. And, you know, Creighton is a team I wrote about in Point Spread Weekly a few weeks ago as a team that I thought was going to go on a little bit of a heater here, a good team to back. That has kind of come to fruition to a degree. In that game over the weekend against Georgetown, Creighton with 10 dunk attempts to zero for Georgetown. Georgetown is a really, really horrific defensive team. Creighton's offense hasn't been as good this season as it's been in the past, but they are back home in Omaha. They are a jump shooting type of team where they typically do have some home road splits as a result. I just don't see Georgetown having an answer defensively for Creighton tonight. And Creighton is 15th in effective field goal percentage defense. So it's a big number up there in double digits, and they just won the game by 14. So you figure Georgetown's in a revenge spot. But I just think this is a really, really, really bad matchup for the Hoyas. So I like Creighton tonight laying 10 and a half. All right, let's move on. Talk about Oregon here. The Ducks laying five against Washington State, Adam, and a total a little bit shorter than the one we were just discussing. This one is at 135, minus 110 each way. What stands out to you for this matchup? Yeah, you know, I kind of liked Oregon a little bit, but now that this line's run out to five, it, it's kind of concerning for me. I actually like the under in this game. You got two teams with pretty high turnover rates on the offensive side of things. Washington State can be offensively challenged at times, but they're good defensively. They're 31st in effective field goal percentage defense. They're in the top 60 in three-point percentage defense, as well as two-point percentage defense. So it's really tough to score on this Washington State team. And then Oregon, as I said, this line going out to five now, the expectation would be that the Ducks are trying to salt this game away at the free throw line, and if, maybe they have that opportunity, but if they do, they are 305th in the country in free throw percentage. So this is not a particularly strong team at the line. So I, did, I don't really see a whole lot of pace or tempo to this game. I think it's tough for both sides to score here. I like the under 135, and you know that's, that's the top of the market right now, but we're seeing some 134 and a halfs out there as well. All right, Adam, we were talking that first game with Creighton Lane, 10 in the hook. Another game where we see a spread with 10 in the hook is Kansas and Oklahoma State. Do you think this spread may just be a little bit too high toward the favorite, though? Yeah, it's certainly what the early market movement was. This one opened in the 12 range, and it's come down to 10 and a half. And, and I still like it at 10 and a half here. I mean, Kansas is last in the Big 12 in forcing turnovers at 15.3% of opponents' possessions ending in a turnover. And when you have to cover a double-digit number, you really like to get some of those extra possessions. But tonight, I think Oklahoma State can get those because not only is Kansas bad at forcing turnovers, they're also eighth in conference play in taking care of the basketball in that 10-team Big 12. So Oklahoma State's a team that's gotten better about taking care of the basketball throughout the season. They've been much better in conference play than they were in the non-conference. I agree with this line move here because I think Kansas will give away some possessions in this game and won't be able to steal as many from Oklahoma State. So I think the Cowboys will be able to keep this one close. I like them getting the 10 and a half here. Okay, Adam, we got about a minute left. Northern Colorado, Southern Utah, a couple hours till we see tip-off. Total a high one at 157, but you think this one could still get over that. Is that right? Yeah, very, very high total for this game. The first game played to 76 possessions, which was pretty fast for both of these teams, but maybe they just kind of bring that out in each other. That game finished 91-81, so 172 points in the first game between these two teams. Northern Colorado is actually 10th in the country in effective field goal percentage offense. They're top 30 in three-point percentage, top 20 in two-point percentage, 
and they're also terrible at defending the three-point line. So Southern Utah, who's a very good two-point team, they're not as great from three, but Northern Colorado doesn't defend it well. I don't think either defense gets a lot of stops in this game. So I know it's a big total, but I like this over 157 between the Thunderbirds and the Bears. Awesome, man. Well, hey, Adam, we appreciate the insight as always. Take some time off. Hopefully you can resettle after the mayhem from the Super Bowl a couple of weeks with all the coverage. But always look forward to your work at Beeson. So uh, we'll talk again soon. All right. Thanks, Danny. I'm actually coming up on primetime action next. So no rest for the week. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Adam Burke putting him to work. It's because his content is so great on a consistent basis. Be sure to check that out here on Visa the Sports Betting Network. But coming up in the sooner future, Nick Whalen will be talking tonight's NBA slate here on Rush Hour. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. This is Rush Hour on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. If you're looking for more sports betting discussion around your local teams, Bet Rivers has you covered because Bet Rivers has launched a series of city casts that are designed to tackle sports betting from the local perspective. And you've got these city casts available in Chicago, Denver, Detroit, Los Angeles, New York, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, and now Washington, D.C. So subscribe to your local city cast wherever you get your podcast available and you get hooked up several episodes a week. Great local sports betting content. Welcome back into Rush Hour here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. I'm Danny Burke, your host. And as always, broadcasting live out of the Bet Rivers Sportsbook just outside of Chicago in Des Plaines, Illinois, and not too far from us here is Nick Whalen around the Milwaukee greater area and a big Bucks fan, and he's got a big Bucks line to look forward to tonight against the Trailblazers. You can follow him on Twitter at Whalen instead of the L. It's a one in his content over at Rotowire. Nick, thank you as always for making some time. So, I mean, yeah, looking at this Bucks game, they opened as high as 15 and a half, which I guess it's not surprising because of how bad the Trailblazers have been and really them not having anyone dominant on the roster. But again, the lines come down to 11 in the hook, total at about 225 and a half how would you approach this game from a betting standpoint i mean these two teams are, are obviously moving in opposite directions we saw portland you know have one of the biggest sell-offs in recent memory uh less than a week ago but the trailblazers then turned around and have won their last two games uh not necessarily convincingly but games that they were you know heavy underdogs in 
against the Lakers and the Knicks. Now, of course, the Lakers and the Knicks are not the Milwaukee Bucks, but you know, we know that Giannis is likely not playing in this game. He went from probable to doubtful this morning. And just a couple minutes ago, we received word that he's not out there for his normal warmup. Everything's trending toward Giannis not playing in this game. So as you mentioned, this line started bigger. You know, it's down to 11 and a half. It, it's still a little bit larger than, than I'm comfortable with right now. You know, Milwaukee was on a really nice run these last couple of weeks. And you know, they kind of got smacked around in their last game back on Thursday against the Phoenix Suns. Now, you know, these, these trailblazers are not the Phoenix Suns. I understand that. But Milwaukee without Giannis is also kind of a different animal. You know, Chris Middleton's been a little less dependable, a little less consistent of late. Uh, same with Drew Holiday. And, and the Blazers seem to have a little bit of, you know, everybody's counting us out confidence. You know, someone like Justice Winslow is coming out of nowhere and playing really well. Anthony Simons, Yusuf Nurkic, uh, a couple of the, the remaining contributors on that team have played really well. So to me, it's, you know, I've gone to my head. I, I think I would still take Milwaukee to cover. Uh, it feels like this thing is going to come crashing down at some point for Portland. But this is a bigger number than I'm comfortable with. You know, it's, it's maybe a stay away for me. I, I might look if you can find some Justice Winslow props. Uh, at the Bet River Sportsbook, that's actually an angle that I like quite a bit tonight. I think he could play close to 40 minutes, maybe more than 40 minutes. Uh, he's going to start on the wing, and he may end up being the Blazers' backup point guard tonight. No Dennis Smith, uh, no Eric Bledsoe, really not a lot of depth left on this Port Portland roster. All right, Nick, we see Justice Winslow at Bet Rivers, his points prop at 11.5. The over is even money, unders minus 127. You going over with that? Oh, I'm absolutely going over. I mean, based on the minutes load alone, you know, not that Justice Winslow is this dynamic scorer, but uh, I mean, he's going to play a ton of minutes. He's, he's starting to play with confidence. I think he was really underutilized uh, with the LA Clippers. And, you know, if you can, if you can loop in a, a points rebounds or a points rebounds assist prop, if you could find a steals prop for Justice Winslow, I'd be all over those. Beautiful. Okay, we'll look at it. And really quick, before moving off this Bucks team, since it is your top team, you're always following them probably closely or more closely than other squads. What is the impact of Pat Connaughton being absent for a decent amount of time here? I mean, I know Giannis not looking like he's going to play in this game, but more so on a consistent basis. How severe is that? You know, it's, it's not the end of the world. And, and honestly, in some ways, the Bucks are a little bit lucky with how the schedule breaks down because, you know, he's he's this falls over the all-star break. So he's essentially getting a, a free week to recover uh, when you start to look at the missed games. But I mean, it's, it's kind of a big blow when you consider that he broke his hand like three hours after they traded Dante DiVincenzo to the Kings. And that was the one criticism of that move is like, well, you know, you trade away DiVincenzo. They also sent away Rodney Hood at the deadline. It's like, well, we had all this depth at shooting guard. You know, now you don't really have that luxury. And of course, you know, right away, the guy you're depending on now breaks his hand. So I guess this is the reason that you brought in Grayson Allen, the reason that you signed Grayson Allen to an extension uh, prior to this season. Uh, but now it's kind of in that zone where if something were to happen to Grayson Allen, you know, then your depth is, is, is really a concern. But Connaughton should be back before the playoffs. At the end of the day, not that big of a deal. All right, Nick, let's move on. Let's talk Kings and Nets. Who'd have thunk it, right? I mean, Brooklyn at home before the whole Kyrie Irving, non-vaccinated, not being able to play at home debacle in this Brooklyn team catching two against the Kings. Total at 228.5. It's a different look for both teams, really, post-trade deadline. The action seeming to go on Brooklyn a little bit. Open three, now down to two. How the heck do you handicap this game? I cannot believe that I'm saying this on a television show, Danny, but I love the Sacramento Kings, uh, you know, against the spread on the road at the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, obviously, there are some caveats that you laid out there for why this is the case. No Kyrie, no KD. Obviously, James Harden is out of the picture. We're not going to see Ben Simmons 
tonight likely won't be seeing him until after the All-Star break, maybe not even until March. Um, you know, the Nets will get Andre Drummond and Seth Curry in uniform, which is a major boost for a roster that without KD and without Kyrie is basically a G League team. But I, I don't think Drummond plus Curry makes up for the loss of Kyrie Irving, who cannot play in this game because it's in Brooklyn. And you look at this 11-game losing streak for the Nets, yeah, there have been injuries. Yeah, it's coincided with Kevin Durant being out, but Kyrie Irving has played in eight of those games. So, you know, even with him in the lineup, they, they really haven't been close on a lot of nights. And I don't think Andre Drummond plus Seth Curry, you know, all of a sudden is giving you more than what Kyrie Irving was giving you. You know, they're one and nine against the spread the Nets are in their last 10 home games. Uh, obviously, the Kings are a very difficult team to trust, whether you're talking straight up or you're talking against the spread. But this is a team that's seeking just its, its second, I should say, three-game winning streak of the entire season. And if you've watched these first two games since Demonis Sabonis came over from Indiana, wins over the Timberwolves and the Wizards, this team looks like it needed a change. It, it looks like some things were stale. And there's some, some kind of internal excitement to have a, a shakeup and have a player like Sabonis on this roster. Now, does that mean they're going to make a run and be the sixth seed in the Western Conference? No, absolutely not. They're still not a good team, but... I mean, this Nets team, when the, when those stars are sitting out, this is a bottom five roster in the league. And I, I really think this is a great spot for Sacramento tonight. All right. I'll be rooting along with that. With the, I mean, this again, it's not the most attractive game, but it's just so curious to see how it's going to play out because of all the additional pieces. So, man, that one will be fun to see what the outcome is. Uh, Nick, let's move on to the Raptors and the Pelicans. Toronto, we see, is a three-and-a-half-point favorite, total at about 221. Man, this Raptors team, to me, I mean – They've been a tricky team to kind of figure out. I know they've been playing a lot more tough and a harder team to overcome as of late. But again, I haven't been able to get a great read on them. Do you have a strong feeling for them in this matchup on the road tonight? I, I wouldn't necessarily call it a strong feeling, but I, I do like Toronto to cover three and a half at New Orleans. They've been one of the hottest teams in the league over the last few weeks. They're eight and two against the spread their last 10. They're seven, two and one against the spread in their last 10 road games. So away from Toronto, they played really well. Um, yeah, you look at the addition of some excitement to this Pelicans roster, but even though he's played fairly well, he had 36 points on Saturday against the Spurs. You know, New Orleans is 0-2 since the trade. And, you know, I think on paper, adding a player like McCollum looks really good. But, man, pairing him with Devontae Graham, that is a horrific defensive pairing. Uh, you already have, you know, a suspect defender in Brandon Ingram. You have a average defender at best in Jonas Valanciunas. I mean, you look at this lineup, there's really only one above average, above average, excuse me, defensive player in the starting five. And that's a rookie second rounder in Herbert Jones. You're putting a ton of pressure on Herb Jones. You know, there's not a lot of depth on this roster. They gave up a guy in Josh Hart who went healthy, was playing 35 to 40 minutes per night. They gave up their backup point guard in Nikhil Alexander-Walker. So, you know, I think the starting five looks kind of nice on paper now. If you're in New Orleans, but it, to me, it doesn't really move the needle. I think this is a team that can score the ball a little bit better, but defensively, I think they got worse. And I think a team like Toronto that has a ton of depth, I think they'll be able to take advantage. I also like the over on 221 in this game tonight. Raptors are fourth in offensive rating over their last 10 games. And that number, uh, that total has actually come down a bit. So I, I like it more now than I did even a couple hours ago. All right, Nick, you know, I'm always going to squeeze in a Bulls question for you. Coincidentally enough, they're always playing when we have you on. we got about 40 seconds or they so really remaining. <laughs> I know, right? It's unbelievable. Uh, the Bulls laying three in the hook. It's come down. We know no Levine. Javante Green was questionable. Total as high as 234. Spurs took care of business last time. Can the Bulls bounce back and get a dub against them? 
I, I think they can. Uh, and, you know, word to your guy, Levine. Hopefully he's all right. Hopefully he's able to play in the All-Star game uh, this coming weekend. I mean, uh, one thing that does worry me, we did see the same matchup a couple weeks ago. The Spurs won in San Antonio, 131-122. The Bulls did have all three of Levine, Vucevic, and DeRozan for that game. But the Spurs hit 16 threes, kind of an anomaly performance by San Antonio. But I don't know. I, I think the Bulls still have enough juice to get the win at home here. Um, you know, San Antonio kind of shifting into sell mode at the deadline. Not a great message to send to that roster when you're sending out a player like Derek White. Obviously, DeJounte Murray's been fantastic. You know, he could almost single-handedly keep this team in games at this point. But right. the Bulls, when you look at the ATS record, they are still the best team in the league against the spread at home this season, 19-10-0. I like Chicago. Let's hope they can keep it up. Nick Whalen, folks. Nick, thank you very much. Everybody can follow him on Twitter, at Whalen. Instead of the L, it's the one in his handle and more of his work over at Rotowire, where he is a senior NBA editor. More on that Bulls game next. Stick around. It is Rush Out. This is Rush Hour on VSN, the sports betting network. has a great new offer that can really only be described as madness because you get VEASAN all access to everything we do from right now through the college basketball championship which is on April 4th and it's only $29 so sign up now and get our daily best bets emails along with 24-7 video access the upcoming college hoops betting guide bracket breakdowns plus full access to VEASAN.com with our exclusive betting split breakdowns on every single game this deal only happens once a year, so don't miss out. Check it out at vsin.com slash madness to sign up today. That's vsin.com slash madness. Okay, welcome back to VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. The show is Rush Hour. Danny Burke, your host, live here just outside of the Windy City in Des Plaines, Illinois, at the Bet Rivers Sportsbook at the Rivers Casino. Hopefully, you had a good day yesterday on Sunday. We'll recap our efforts a little bit in the future here, but I did want to keep honing in on that game for the Bulls tonight against the Spurs. I know Nick Whalen was previewing it last segment with us, and Look, this line has been trending in the opposite direction of Chicago. It opened as high as five. Total opened about 234 in the hook. Total's at about 234, so really not too much different from what we saw as the opener. But again, the spread opened five. Now it's down to three and a half. And a main reason because of that is, well, yeah, I guess the opening line overvalued the Bulls a little bit too much. This was a team that's going to be playing virtually with the same roster that was on the floor on Saturday night to where they had to come back from a double-digit point deficit against the Oklahoma City Thunder. And that lineup did not consist of Zach Levine, right? Zach Levine is out, and you already still have Alex Caruso out, Lonzo Ball out. We know all of this. Patrick Williams also since the beginning of the season. Now, Javante Green was teetering whether he was going to play tonight, but it looks like he is going to go, and he's actually a very valuable player for this Bulls team. If you don't watch him on a consistent basis, brings a lot of athleticism, length defensively, can rebound, and just plays some really solid defense. So he's a good energy spurt off the bench. I mean, he's probably going to be starting, but when in his normal role, that's what he serves. Derek Jones Jr. going to be playing as well, similar type of player. But can the combination of Nikola Vucevic and DeMar DeRozan do enough? DeRozan just named Eastern Conference Player of the Week. The dude's averaging over 30 points in that span. He's been an absolute menace. 
But the tough part about this matchup for Chicago is Nick alluded to as well. I mean, the first game that they faced each other in San Antonio, everything was clicking right for San Antonio. But this is because the Bulls have taken a hit defensively because of all these injuries. We know this. So what is going to change this night? I guess you could say the home court advantage, the Bulls on a three-game winning streak. But again, if the Spurs have that depth contributing off the bench, which they did last game, I do think it's going to be tough for the Bulls. So I would probably lean toward taking the points with the Spurs when it was at five. At three in the hook, I'd probably stay patient and wait for in-game because the Bulls do match up fairly well on the offensive side of the ball. In offensive points per 100 possessions, the Bulls rank third at about 114.4 per game. San Antonio defensively ranks 18th in defensive points per 100 possessions, surrendering 112. Bulls fourth in offensive effective field goal percentage at 55%. San Antonio is 17th at 53.3% on the defensive side of things. Bulls also had the advantage in the half court set. They're third in points for play offensively. San Antonio is 19th defensively. But the Spurs are really good in transition defense, number one, and they are 11th offensively as San Antonio, whereas the Bulls are 24th in transition defense. So again, we could throw all those numbers out there, but what it comes down to is the player-to-player -player matchup, and if the Bulls can get enough offensive contributions. This has really been the case with them since they've been dealing with all these injuries. That's how they were able to overcome the Timberwolves on Friday, why we bet them on the money line with the short spread, even though the market was going against them, and I was thinking it could be a similar case here, but Levine was in that game against the Timberwolves, and the Spurs have a lot of weapons. So, I mean... I, I want to bet the Bulls. I want to lean toward them as a fan, but objectively, I think I'm going to have to wait in-game. So I'm not going to touch anything with the spread, money line, or total as of this moment. But a matchup that I think we can take advantage of goes with the big man, but not on the Bulls. How about Jakob Hurdle? He dominated Chicago the last go-around, and this is a guy Chicago was trying to obtain for their own team, but the Spurs said, no, nothing you offer us is going to be good enough for Pirtle. And I can see why. I mean, the dude has been really solid these past couple of years and, again, had a really strong performance against Chicago the other week. 9-12 from the floor, 3-5 from the charity stripe, 11 rebounds, 4 assists, and overall 21 points for the big man against the Bulls. So it got me thinking, naturally, how could we profit off of this potentially viable matchup with Pirtle against Fooch and then the backup Tony Bradley? Well, his points prop is 12 and a half at Bet Rivers, over under minus 112 each way. He's averaging about 13 points per game, and he's gone over 12 and a half in 26 out of 47 games. So I'm like, all right, not too bad, not too bad. Rebounds prop, eight in the hook, over is even money, under is minus 127. The fact that the over is even money definitely got me interested in that, and for the fact that he's gone over this mark in 28 out of 47 games. But again, look at these stats that he had against the Bulls. 21 points, 11 rebounds, 4 assists. So then even more so, I'm like, all right, what about the combination prop? Under the player special tab, at Bet Rivers, you could do the points, rebounds, and assists combined. So this number was at 23.5. Over, you're laying a little bit, minus 121, but that's because you're getting the contributions of the other stat categories. Uh, so the over minus 121, under minus 106, I played this one over. Now I get it. You could make the case, and I'm not going to disagree with you because I definitely lean over for his rebounds at 8 in the hook, for his points at 12 and a half. But I just feel like the sense of security, knowing you have the combination, is worth laying a little bit more. Because he's not a guy who's consistently scoring over 12 and a half points. I mean, he's done it a frequent amount, but that doesn't mean it's a given for him to do it every single night. 
And rebounding, well, it's a positioning and effort stat. Obviously, a majority of the time, he's going to pad that area as the big man. But again, sometimes the bounces don't go your way. So just because the confidence in the individual ones aren't necessarily fully there, because he's not a consistent threat offensively, right? I like to do the points, rebounds, and assists over 23 and a half. He's gone over this mark, just like his rebounds prop, in 28 out of 47 games. We know we eclipsed it against the Bulls by a large margin with 21 points, 11 rebounds, and 4 assists. Now, he's averaging this season 13 points, 9 rebounds, and about 3 assists per game. And again, the matchup is favorable because he's going against Nikola Vucevic, who offensively has been really solid as of late, not discrediting Vuce whatsoever. But defensively, he's kind of a liability. And that's why the Bulls were seeking a guy like Pirtle to help out in that regard for the Bulls as they try to make this postseason run. But it is going to be a favorable matchup for Pirtle in this game. We have been making a decent amount of buck on this type of bet, right? I mean, fading Vooch, whether it's his own player prop, whether it's his offensive combination stats when he's faced against a big guy who can do fairly well. And it's not like Pirtle is in comparison with a Joel Embiid or Carl Anthony Towns or Giannis Antetokounmpo to where we look to fade Vooch. But still, considering he did that well in the first game, I'm not seeing the exact same thing's going to happen, but I think we have a viable opportunity because of that matchup and what we've already seen from that first game sample size. So I'm playing over 23.5 points, rebounds, and assists, minus 121. Looking at that, then I was also like, well, to get over 23.5, realistically... I, you got to figure that he's going to either pad one stat versus the other more so, or he's just going to have a solid, even contribution of both points and rebounds, which he gets a high volume of on a majority of the bases compared to assists. So then I'm like, all right, what's his number to record a double-double, which you can also bet, obviously, at Bet Rivers. And I was like, all right, maybe it'll be like plus 125, plus 150. He did it the first go-around against the Bulls, and he's probably going to have a good chance to do it again. But then I look, and the yes is plus 220, and my jaw almost dropped. And I'm not saying it's a guarantee, but that seems like incredible value for a guy with a very favorable matchup and someone who's not only done it already against the Bulls, but has done it 18 times this season. So I really like Pirtle not only to get over his points, rebounds, and assists at 23.5. I like the value for him to record a double-double at plus 220. Now, if you're not as fully invested in it, as I am per se, you could also just do a half unit considering you're getting some good value at plus 220. But I think because of what we've seen him do, what he's capable of doing, and especially in this matchup, you're getting plus 220. I think you got to consider that for a play for Pirtle in this prop tonight. So I also tagged that along. Jakob Pirtle to record a double-double plus 220 and him over 23.5 points, rebounds, and assists. So that's all I got for the Bulls game tonight. Again, when you're looking at the grand scheme of things, for the spread and money line, yes, I want to lean with the Bulls, and I think they can pull this out, but they made it close against the Oklahoma City Thunder. I'm not trying to have recency bites. It's just the fact of the reality with this depleted lineup. You need Kobe White to go off like he did against the Timberwolves. You need 15-plus from him. You need Javante Green to get about 10 points and contribute on the boards as well. And Vooch, well, he's got to get 20-plus. And DeMar DeRozan, I mean, his points prop is at 31.5 because without Levine, you know that he has to absolutely go off in terms of the points, and he's doing it even if Levine is in the game. 
So you could interest DeRozan going over, but 31 and a half is a high number for his points prop. So I think it's going to be a fun game, probably going to be a close one. It would be a very impressive win, despite the Bulls being a favorite. The Spurs have some good pieces. We'll see if they can put it together again against Chicago. But at least I'm hoping for a big game from the big man, Jakob Pertl, against the Bulls. We'll talk more Chicago action. I got another bet revolving a Chicago team. Although I'm going to be fading them, I'll tell you what that is next as we wrap up a Monday edition of Rush Hour. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now wherever you listen. This is Rush Hour on VSIN, the sports betting network. River Sportsbook is offering new customers a deposit match up to $250 when you sign up today. In addition to their welcome bonus, Bet Rivers has daily and ongoing promotions that can provide extra value. So download the Bet Rivers app or go to betrivers.com today to sign up. Got to be 21 in terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. 1 800 9 with it in Indiana. 1 800 Bets Off in Iowa. 1 800 522 4700 in Nevada. Okay, it is time for our final segment on this Monday evening edition of Rush Hour here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Thank you for being with us. Danny Burke, your host. You can follow me on Twitter at Danny Burke5. As for VSIN, at VSIN Live on the tweets. We were just going over some of my bets for the Bulls and the Spurs game tonight, but let's switch it up. Another Chicago sports team, the Blackhawks, going on the road in a non-favorable matchup. To be quite frank, every matchup for the Blackhawks is non-favorable because they flat-out stink, but they're going against the Winnipeg Jets tonight, and I am looking to fade Chicago. So Winnipeg opened up about minus 155, Chicago about plus 140, total at 5.5. Over is minus 122. But the money line has moved a tad bit, not much, but a tad bit toward the Jets. Minus 165 currently at Bet Rivers, and that is what I laid in this spot. Look, again, the Blackhawks are just really a struggling team from the outside noise to just the organization itself being incompetent and knowing how to deal with it. They have a solid roster, but they just can't put it together. It doesn't matter what's happening. They just can't get any consistency. They're coming off a 5-1 loss on Saturday on the road against St. Louis. Winnipeg on the other side. They're coming off a 5-2 win on the road against Nashville in a game where they were immediately trailing. 
The differences between these two teams, yes, are both aspiring to make the postseason, except one actually has a legitimate shot and is slowly but surely working their way back into the mix. That would be the home team and the favored team in this spot, the Winnipeg Jets. So I trust them for that aspect, right? They're still a team with a lot of faith, a lot of camaraderie and talent and worthy of getting a dub in this game and something to still play for. Of course, the Blackhawks still have something to play for. Of course, they're not going to give up, but this team with Winnipeg is just a lot more solid. And the Jets have already beaten the Blackhawks. It was earlier this season in November, but it was 5-1. to one. And you know what? The Jets held a 33-18 to 18 shots advantage that night. And that was the Blackhawks' lowest shots total of the season until, guess what, this past Saturday against the Blues. Furthermore, to what the Blackhawks have or have not done well recently, Chicago has allowed at least one power play goal in seven of their last eight games killing off only 16 to 25 penalties in that span. Now, the reason you may want to go on the other side of the Jets, or I guess why the line's not moving totally in favor of them, it's because it is their third game in four nights. But again, they had last night off. I think that's enough time to get some rest to defeat this Blackhawks team. Now, it looks like Jonathan Taves will still be absent, the captain for the Blackhawks in this spot. But let's go ahead and look at the projected starting goalies in this game. It's the Blackhawks, so you know it's going to be Marc-Andre Fleury. He's been tending the pies for pretty much, I mean, way more than a majority of this season. They haven't been trusting Lincoln, and Fleury's been getting the gigs, but he has been getting the wins. 15-17-3 overall is his record. 2.94 goals against average, save percentage of 91%. He does have three shutouts this season, and he does do a little bit better on the road. 9-8-1, 2.73 goals against average, and a save percentage of 91.6%. Connor Hellebuck, he's going to be tending the net for the Jets. 16-15-7 this season, 2.83 goals against average, save percentage of 91% with three shutouts. At home, he's 9-7-1. 2.7 goals against average, 91.5% with his saves, and one of those shutouts did occur at home. Look, Hellebuck has not been a great goalie like he's been in the past, but if there's a team that's going to make him look like it, if there's a night where he can look like it, it's going to be against the Blackhawks. So I know lane minus 165 is kind of a steep amount, but there's just no way you can trust Chicago right now. And I think this line should be more so like minus 170 at the lowest. Realistically, probably about minus a buck 75. So even though it's still steep, I think based on what I think it should be, I'm getting a better bang for your buck. So I'm fading the Blackhawks, going with the Jets on the money line, minus 165. So we're fading the Blackhawks, and we're going with Jakob Pertl to record a double-double plus 220 for our Bulls bet, along with him to get over 23.5 points rebounds and assists so those are the bets i got going for those two games and uh speaking of bets really quick before we look at these early super bowl odds again i'm hoping all your sunday bets for the super bowl went fairly well we ended up positive thankful to a cooper cup mvp six to one hit now we split our props pretty much or our bets overall and you know i, I got a bounty out on johnny hacker there for uh, muffling the extra points so we didn't at least push on the four so that was kind of a bummer but realistically what i'm kind of bumming about is that aaron donald not getting the mvp at 18 to 1 so look i can't solve too much i'm only using today to do so we still cashed out with cooper cup at six to one but now everybody including myself realizing that these voters don't put in their votes or they do put in their votes before the two-minute warning do you realize how much altered and could have altered after those two minutes we didn't know cooper cup got his second touchdown till post two-minute warning we didn't know the rams were going to score post two-minute warning i assume obviously they put in a guy for each team 
but Aaron Donald made his most significant impacts post two-minute warning, right? He held P. Ryan back, used all his strength, had that rush and almost a sack against Burrow right at the end of the game. Heck, I thought this guy was getting it. He was the first person to get interviewed. It's a bummer. I think he deserved it a little bit more so in this game. And it's because, look, relatively Cooper Cup, I mean, he had two touchdowns, 95 receiving yards, but he stayed under his receptions and receiving yards mark. And we talked about the narrative. Yes, I mean, Cooper Cup arguably could have been the regular season MVP. So, again, I'm not discrediting Cup. I'm happy he won it because at least we got that hit. But, man, it would have been nice to get that juicy 18-1 with Aaron Donald. So it's kind of a bummer. It's an absolutely asinine, idiotic rule or standard that is set for how you vote for this MVP. Because so, I mean, they could have went to overtime. I mean, what if T. Higgins got a third touchdown from that cover? I don't know. It's ridiculous to me, but it is what it is. Nice to be aware of that now, I guess, going forward. Not that you could control the outcome at that point, but, man, I did not know that. It's a bummer, but at the end of the day, we ended up positive, and I hope you did too. All right, well, let's look ahead to the further odds for the upcoming Super Bowl in a year, Super Bowl 57. You're probably like, dude, shut up. We just got over the past one. But I do think at least for just this day, post-Super Bowl, immediately after, it's kind of fun to look at these odds for the upcoming year. So first things first, let's talk about the top of the list. The Bills are the short shot at 8-1. to one. Chiefs were actually 9-1. to one. Now they're down to 8-1. to one at Bet Rivers, and this is me checking it like an hour ago. So I guess you already got some Chiefs action, but they're both 8-1. to The Rams are 11-1, Packers 13-1, Cowboys and 49ers and Bengals 14-1, Titans are at 18-1, Buccaneers, Ravens, and Chargers at 22-1, and same with the Broncos. couple things first. Teams I would eliminate right away because of the unknown commodities on their team. I think you eliminate the Rams because, well, I mean, Sean McVay might retire, are the rumors, going to broadcasting. Aaron Donald may be gone. Matt Stafford may be gone. And just winning a Super Bowl, even getting back there, back-to-back -back seasons, incredibly tough. So no thank you on the Rams at 11-1. Packers 13-1. We don't know what the heck's going to happen with Aaron Rodgers. No thank you. They have a ton of issues with their cap that they got to deal with. Easy division, NFC easier. Yes, all of that is true, but a lot of unknown. 13-1, no thank you. Uh, Cowboys, eh, Mike McCarthy, don't trust him. Bengals, tough to replicate it again, so no thanks. 49ers, Trey Lance starting quarterback, Jimmy G starting quarterback, no and no. Titans, absolutely not, not with Tannehill. Bucks, you don't have a quarterback. The teams that I think are some good value early on. How about the Chargers at 22-1? to Adam Burke was talking about this earlier. Ton of cap room, can add a lot of pieces, and he got one of the best quarterbacks in the league and Justin Herbert, a coach that I still have faith in, and Brandon Staley, and a defense that if they stay healthy, they can be lethal. Tough division, tough conference, but at 22-1, to 1, you bet you I'm going to take a flyer on the Chargers. Same with the Ravens at 22-1. to 1. If they can stay healthy, great coach, solid quarterback, get your defense built up again and get some receiving weapons. The Ravens at 22 to one fantastic value as of this point, in my opinion. And then finally, just to kind of throw that out there. What about the Cardinals at 28 to one could make the joke, the trend. I mean, Tampa Bay hosted the Super Bowl, Tampa Bay won. Los Angeles Rams hosted the Super Bowl. The Rams won Arizona hosting the Super Bowl Cardinals 28 to one. Is it worth the play? I know you got all the disruptions and rumblings right now about Kyler Murray and the Cardinals, but maybe he goes out on this kind of chip-on-the-shoulder revenge tour type of thing heading into the season. I don't know. Realistically, I don't trust Cliff Kingsbury to get them to the big game or to win it. But again, if we're just going price hunting because of value, like Adam Burke again was talking about, Cardinals at 28-1. to 1. Realistically, they ain't going to be there probably by the start of the season. 
and as we get toward the end of the season. So I think that's another intriguing angle to look at for a longer shot. As for a short shot, look, if you're asking me between the Bills and the Chiefs, got to go with Buffalo at 8-1. to Give me my guy Josh Allen in a game that they're going to be pissed off that they lost this past year against the Chiefs. If they meet up again, I think Buffalo is going to have the advantage. It's a far speculation, folks, but I would take the Bills. We'll talk about it later on. We'll take a little bit of time off. We'll focus on other sports. But for those other sports and bets we had in them, best of luck if you tail. Enjoy the games. And until tomorrow, take care, folks. At Bed365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare.